Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. I can't believe it. But like you heard on Pet Talk just minutes ago, I don't know, 15 minutes ago, we are only a little over a week away from Christmas. It's that time of year again for sure. Figured I'd open with a little Diana Ross backed by the Super Hit Supremes, their cover of White Christmas, though I don't think that's what we can expect this year in Connecticut. It seems like more often than not, that's not what happens, and Going back, um, I don't know, 20-some-odd years to my childhood. I'm 27 now. Um, but I don't remember too many white Christmases to begin with, but uh, still a nice thought and a seasonal thought for sure. I do want to start off with an update for everybody. This is big news, big breaking news in the WTIC newsroom. I'm on Instagram, so that's my holiday gift to everybody. The reason I mention it is because I've been working on this, trying to figure out a good concept for Instagram. I don't want to just post pictures. I'll get to that in a second. And so some time ago, I came up with an Instagram account, and I made it private so that only I and a few other people could see. And I called this the beta Instagram, and nobody knew about it, just two people. Carolyn and Kevin, and I owe them a big thank you because they were putting up with me my many questions and demands and so on and so forth. Um, But I think that I I figured some stuff out. I hope that I'll get some video up there soon. Still working on the right video angle. Okay, I'm not just posting a video just for the sake of posting a video. I want one that will actually look good. And so hopefully we'll get some material from the show in video form up on my Instagram. But if you go on social media whether it's Facebook, X formerly known as Twitter, or Instagram, you can connect with me, Morgan Cunningham, and I'll keep you up to date with some news stuff and some talk show stuff and maybe some other fun things happening in my life. My very first post on Instagram, at MC News Talk, is the handle for all three of those, Facebook, X, and Instagram, at MC News Talk. My initials, hey, isn't that creative? My very first post is... My picture with the gorgeous Christmas tree at the governor's mansion. They had the big media party earlier in the week. It was Wednesday evening, and I had the chance to get out there. And I saw a lot of people that I don't usually get the chance to see. I'm largely studio-bound. And so it was nice to reconnect with some folks again. It was nice to meet some people, people I've seen on TV or I've seen them maybe in and out of the station, but because they were on the air with somebody else, I never got the chance to meet them or say hi. Um, It was a a great opportunity for networking, a little bit of fun. There were some light bites. They had these buffalo chicken bites. Mm, So good. They were lightly breaded. I'm not sure if they were fried or if they were baked. And I don't think that it makes a difference either way. I'd prefer it to be fried personally, but if it's possible that it was also baked. And in either case, it was very good. And they had blue cheese, this fantastic blue cheese dipping sauce and dressing that you could dip those buffalo chicken bites in. And oh, oh, fantastic. I passed up, and this is my only regret of the night, I passed up on the opportunity for a vegetable wonton. I was in the middle of talking to somebody, and I didn't want to be rude and chew. So I passed up on the vegetable wonton, thinking to myself that that particular tray will come around again. Because everybody, you know, they were the servers were just making their rounds in a big loop-de-loop circle and serving up platters. Well, the vegetable wontons never made their way back to me, so I never got to try them. 
and I hear that they were pretty good. Brian from Brian and Company, he had one, and he said the dipping sauce in particular was good. Those were really, really good dipping sauces. And there was one that I did not have, pigs in a blanket, um, with ketchup. I don't know. I'm not wild about them. But <laughs> judging by how the other sauces were, I bet that that ketchup was pretty good. So that was my Wednesday at the Governor's Mansion. And the Christmas tree is beautiful. It came from Jones Family Farm down in Shelton. And I would estimate that this tree is about probably 12 feet tall. And the tree that I took a picture with is not the tree that has all of the Connecticut ornaments, ornaments representing all different towns and um, I believe some material from schools across Connecticut. But the one I took a picture of, which is about the same size, perhaps a little bit bigger, is the one with all of Governor Lamont's personal ornaments on it. Uh, it was, it's just a great view, and if you want to see it, it's on my Instagram. It's the very first post, the inaugural non-beta post at MC News Talk. You can find me there, follow, like, uh, you can reach out to me there, and um, I'm looking forward to sharing content with everybody there. As well as on the talk show here, our guest this week is Julie Sherman Wolf. And talking about everything that's impressive about Connecticut, you know, when you look at my picture inside the governor's mansion and the Christmas tree that I'm standing next to, it's stately, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, it's quintessential New England. I don't think that you would get the same display, certainly not in Florida. Wouldn't be in Texas, wouldn't be in California, you know, maybe some of the northern states like Montana. But we are blessed here in the nor Northeast and New England that we have that quintessential Christmas feel. And people like Julie Sherman Wolf are inspired by it. She's a screenwriter with Hallmark who used to live in California. In fact, she's a California native who has since moved to Connecticut, where she's doing all of her work today with Hallmark. Her work is inspired by Connecticut. Some of the material has taken place in Connecticut, and I'm going to ask her about all of that this week on Spotlight Connecticut. Julie Sherman Wolf on WTIC News Talk 1080. She's minutes away. This is WTIC in Hartford. Proof that Spotlight Connecticut has the best fans. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Bell. I play lead guitar for Autograph and House of Lords. I'm from Wethersfield, Connecticut. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Yes, Jimmy Bell, one of our fans of Spotlight Connecticut and somebody who's very talented, who I've been fortunate to have on the show. I've had a lot of great people on the program, and now we can add Julie Sherman Wolf to that list. She is a Hallmark screenwriter, and just talking briefly on the phone during the break with her, I could tell that she loves Connecticut and New England, but not originally from here at all, and uh, Connecticut and New England has inspired a number of her works, and we don't have a white holiday season this year. Um, there Maybe there will be a little bit of snow on Tuesday. I don't quite know what the forecast has in store. I don't even know if uh, the weather folks have the forecast right at this point, but um, it doesn't seem likely. But even still, that magic and that vibe is here with us. Julie, welcome to Spotlight Connecticut. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, yeah, I, I have to say the first year I lived here, I mean, we moved here in 2017 and we got a white Christmas and I kind of thought that's how it would always be. <laughs> um, but, Not always. I, I, did, I, I think I, I just got super lucky that, that first year and it was absolutely magical. And I even, you know, even the first flakes every year still. So we've been here about six. This is our seventh winter. I still get very, very excited by one snowflake falling. I love it. 
I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. My understanding is you're from California, so this is a bit of a change for you, isn't it? It is. I'm from San Francisco originally, uh, and then I lived in Los Angeles for 20-something years. Um, And I've always just had uh, an affinity for the East Coast and New England in particular. And um, people always thought I was from the East Coast anyway. Uh, my husband, same thing. He, we, we kind of bonded over that when we met about how we sort of had this vision of someday living in New England. And it took uh, 15 years together before we finally were able to make that move. And it was literally the best decision, aside from getting married, probably, that, that we made was to move here. My cousin lived in Granby, so I had an idea of the area. Okay. And we just knew we, just knew we wanted to be somewhere in the Farmington Valley, and we had a list of things we wanted to, you know, the house to have, and we finally found the right one, and we moved. Well, welcome to Connecticut, Julie, and I think that we should start with the beginning of your career and with a simple definition for everybody in the audience. What is a screenwriter? What's the job that you've got with that particular title? So my job is to uh, develop an idea and turn that into a, a script, and that's, that's what the actors are going to say. So everything I write down, that's what's coming out of their mouth. And um, I put, you know, everything I put in the stage directions is what the the uh, director and the set decorators and everybody else makes happen. So I started out um, as a sitcom writer. Um, my my way into Los Angeles was that I was a I was always a writer, but um, I didn't really I didn't really think about being a a TV or movie writer. This was back before you could just look up how to do something on the internet. It, it was it was a little bit more mysterious back then. And, um, I'm aging myself a little bit, but um, I I was doing stand up comedy in San Diego, and I was a copywriter at an ad agency, and um, I was doing improv. So I, I I really I I was you know I was active in kind of in that world. But then one day um, I got laid off from my my copywriting job and then later that day I got dumped by my boyfriend. So it, it looked like oh, you know boy. this is the worst day ever. Double right? whammy. Day. So yeah, so I'm I'm so I'm sitting there just you know reeling from this and I I had a slot at the comedy store in La Jolla for 11:45 p.m. which goes to show how what a great comedian I was because that prime 11:45 p.m. time slot for my for my 5 minutes but I I, I decided to go anyway. Um, and I ran into a gentleman who was the headliner who also was a writer on Roseanne. And we got to talking, and he's like, well, let me, I don't understand. You're a writer, and you're funny, and you're a woman, and you could move to L.A. and write sitcoms and, and get, get work almost immediately. And that was really just this epiphany where I, I never even thought about it, and then it all made sense. That's exactly what I should be doing, because I love comedy, I love writing, I love the performing aspect, and this was everything. So I just waited tables for a few months, saved up, and moved to L.A. I didn't know anybody, and I didn't really know him either. I, I didn't really, I, I didn't see him in L.A. for many years after I moved there. People hear so, these uh, kinds yeah, of stories, was... Julie, you know, about, I'm going to take that chance, I'm going to go to L.A. In fact, I was talking with a musician recently who was telling me that same kind of story. And were you nervous to do that, Julie? Uh, I was, but I, I just, you know, sometimes you just know something in your soul that that's right. Um, that was just one of those times. It was just one of those things where I just knew that was the right decision. And I am luckily a person that if I kind of want to do something, I, I make it happen. Um, I've always just, I've always just been able to kind of do that. So I, um, 
you know, my bigger worry was when I when I moved there is that I found an apartment that I could afford. It was right off Sunset Boulevard, and it was not in a great part of Hollywood. Um, so my bigger concerns were sort of safety, um, but uh, the neighborhood got more gentrified the longer I was there, and it was it ended up being fine. Um, and then I ended up getting a job as a writer's assistant on a sitcom, um, which is basically being in the writer's room and writing down every single thing they say, putting all the stuff into a script, and then distributing the script at the end of the night. It's a, it's a great way to learn dialogue, learn screenwriting. I thought I was going to be a sitcom writer forever. Um, and then I did. I was a sitcom writer. I, I was, so I was insistent on Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, I wrote a fake episode of Raymond, and that got me a job on um, a show on Lifetime called Oh Baby. And then I ended up on Third Rock from the Sun. And, and right around there is when I started writing romantic comedies just on the side as feature films and that because that's my true love of a genre it's kind of the when harry met sally you know the the early 90s rom-com um and that just kind of took off for me and and i ended up kind of transitioning into tv into movies i sold two feature films to you know real movie movies uh that didn't get made but that got me into the tv movie world and so I've been doing this for 25 years professionally and the last nine or 10 of uh, last nine years or so have been exclusively the uh, TV movie romantic comedies. Very happy to do this. Let's fast forward to today, maybe the last five, 10 years. How does one of your projects begin? Do you get an assignment? Do you have to come up with the idea yourself or you're taking the idea from somebody else and crafting it from there? I've kind of done all of those. Um, Sometimes when you start out at somewhere like Hallmark, it'll be a producer that already has sold a concept. And then my job is to turn the, you know, three sentence concept into a full two hour, you know, or 90 minute really movie. Uh, So sometimes they bring me an idea. Sometimes I will pitch an idea um, that I have for for a movie and they will buy it or not buy it. Um, And then sometimes it'll be a book adaptation. And then every so often I will get hired to rewrite a script that, um, is stalled or isn't going well, or they feel like that they've kind of hit their their the wall with whatever writer they hired before me. That I, I fix it up kind of and get it ready to get produced. Uh, so I do all of, all of those things. Um, right now, I'm working on uh, three things. Fourth, I have about four projects in, in various phases of development, but those and these were all um, original ideas. So I feel like that's kind of where I've. I prefer to do it that way. It's more fun. Our guest this week on Spotlight Connecticut is Hallmark screenwriter Julie Sherman Wolf. Came from California, now lives in Connecticut. Tell me, Julie, when you're starting a project and um, you're you're really working from the very beginning, or maybe you've already been working on the project um, and writing it for a while, what does your average day look like? Do you get up and do you start thinking of ideas? Do you go take a walk in the park? What's your process for going about screenwriting? Well, here in Connecticut, I'll give you the Connecticut version because it's, it's sort of the, it's a great, it's a great day when I, when it's working out. So it's, uh, I have a, I have a son who's in school. So we get up and do the whole morning thing, get him to school. I walk the dog. I really try and get into my office. My, I have a home office. I really try and get in there by eight thirty or nine. And, um, I, I generally have a, a goal for the day of how many pages I will complete. So I have, I try and keep on a pretty good schedule 
especially the more projects I have, the, the, the tighter my schedule has to be. And I really don't like to deviate from it. But of course, you know, uh, it's not always a perfect day. I don't always get the work done that I want to work, get, get done. Sometimes things come up. Um, but my, my general way of doing it would be get at the desk by 8.30 or 9, um, try and do a really good, like, three hours, take a little break, kind of finish up, look at what I did, tweak it a little bit, and then I try and be done by the time everybody starts getting home after school. Uh, now, that being said, uh, there's a lot of we need the script tomorrow, we're going into production next week, and then that's where I go into full college mode, I call it, where I'm, you know, working for 16 hours a day, I'm working late at night, I don't, you know, that's when the, the family kind of rallies around and does everything else where I'm in the office trying to complete these things, and that happens a lot. Uh, before the writer's strike, which started in May, I had to write, I basically wrote two movies in five weeks, which was insane. Um, it was not something I want to repeat, it was not fun, but it, but that that's the kind of thing that happens, sometimes you just get on, everything that sounds slow, brutal. and all of a sudden... Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I'm able to do it because I've written, I, I guess I'm, I think I'm on number 28 writing them right now of the Hallmark. So I, so I, it's not, it would have been harder if it was my first or second or third. I kind of now, you know, I just, I kind of know what it needs to be and I can do it pretty quickly. Uh, if it were, if it's working, if it's rolling, if the idea is not really working or not really coming out the right way, it could be torture. But these two ideas happen to work out pretty well. Um, so I, I don't love to do that, but I can. And that's just sort of the nature of the business is a lot of times something could be stalled for a, a year and all of a sudden it's back on, it, it's getting a time slot. It needs to be shot, you know, in, in a month in Canada and we, you gotta, you gotta finish it. So you put everything else aside, finish that. So um, it can get pretty hectic. Uh, you definitely have to have, I think a certain personality to do it because you're, trying to finish there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen you're trying to do the notes that everyone's giving you you're trying to make you know a lot of different people happy at the same time um and uh once it's done it's fantastic to see you know all that work pay off and be on on the air julie how can people connect with you online we're about to go to a break here so i don't want to get into another thought but uh let people know how they can find you and a little more about you online um, I, I, I'm, I'm a notoriously bad poster, but my Instagram is uh, Julie underscore Sherman underscore Wolf. And then my Twitter is at Shermwolf, S-H-E-R-M-W-O-L-F-E. Those are my two. But I, yeah, I, I post a lot when I have a movie airing. Otherwise, not, not so much. But. Well, from time to time, you know, uh, I kind of feel like that. I, I go in with all these ambitions for social media and, well, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Yeah, I wish I was better at it. I'm getting there. <laughs> Julie Sherman-Wolf, our guest this week on Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Speaking of Instagram, want to say hi to Karen. She sent me a direct message. She says, welcome to the real world. Uh, yes, Karen, I knew I would get to the real world one day on Instagram at MC News Talk. Our conversation with Julie continues in minutes. Hang on. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Another snowy song for a snowless holiday season here in Connecticut. Mr. and Mrs. Snowman from Roy Clark. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut, and I should just mention that ever since we transitioned to the holiday shows, which was Thanksgiving weekend and will continue until next weekend, um, I've been playing at least one song, one bumper song a week 
from an album called Christmas America. It's a compilation album that was pressed in 1974. Not many copies of it exist. Um, it was a limited pressing, and um, and I have it, though. And the reason I have it is because it was my, gr- my late grandfather's gift to my mother. They liked it, um, and in those days, they got it at the gas station, and I believe they got it for free at the gas station. So they filled up their tank, and the guy went out to service the car and said, here's an album, Merry Christmas. And so we've had that album ever since, and um, there are some really enjoyable and unique songs on there, and Roy Clark, Mr. and Mrs. Snowman is one of them. And Like I said, I've had one on at least once a week. And talking about my mother... When I told her, because my mom and my dad always asked me, hey, Morgan, who's on the show later today? And I said, well, our guest this week is Julie Sherman Wolf, Hallmark screenwriter, moved from California. She did the whole Hollywood thing, and she's doing Hollywood, but from Connecticut now. And my mom's reaction is, why did she move to Connecticut? Just being honest. And so I mentioned that to Julie, and she tells me, and from what I understand, she absolutely loves Connecticut. Isn't that right, Julie? That is right. I I really absolutely love it. I'm such a huge. I, I will give Connecticut shout out as much as I possibly can. And and your mom is uh, probably one of a hundred people who have said that to me um, since we moved here. Mostly people from here don't understand why we moved here, and I I can't understand why they why they aren't why they don't understand. I just think I love it. I like <laughs> I get I get that the taxes might be higher, but compared to California, it's not that different. But you get I feel like you get a more more bang for your buck in every way living here. So um, you know I'm not thrilled about <laughs> the taxes, but um, I feel like you know for the same. You know, when you buy a house in in California, it's a whole different vibe than when you buy one here, and you get a lot more for your money. Um, I don't think we would have even – I don't think we would have owned a house if we stayed in California, to be honest. So um, – and just everything, uh, the schools and just the four seasons and being so close to Boston, being so close to New York, and we get to go – we go all over the place, go to Cape Cod, go to New Hampshire. We just – it's just the best. I love it. My I haven't question, even explored Julie, all Connecticut yet. What's that? <laughs> I haven't even gone to all, all the cute towns in Connecticut yet. I have a whole a list of places I still need to go. Oh yeah, what's one place that you want to go to? Well, one of them is going is is um uh uh Saybrook, Old Saybrook, that that whole little oh, area there. Yes. It's not even that far. It's not even that far, but I just haven't made my way over there yet. I know it's really cute. And then we just went to Kent for the first time a couple weeks ago. Lovely Adorable. spot. Um, I love going to Washington. I love that whole Litchfield back there, that whole drive back there. Um, we haven't done a ton. Like, you know, we went to Mystic. There's a bunch of towns over that way that I, ha- I really thought looked cute, but I haven't seen yet near there. Um, yeah, I just discovered Madison. Super cute. Yeah, that's really not too cute. far away from um, Old Saybrook. It's got that same vibe. Yeah, yeah. And then we ended up in Westport for a, an appointment. And I'm like, well, this is cute. I can't afford to live there, but it's adorable. Um, yeah, so we just keep kind of running, you know, trying to find these cute, walkable New England downtowns, kind of a little hobby. Um, I get why, uh, in the, the late, you know, uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, no, no relation with the Sherman. Um, she was inspired to do Gilmore Girls by Washington, Connecticut, and then staying at the Mayflower. So I did that whole, uh, homage. I did that whole kind of like visiting everything and seeing where she was because I was a huge fan of hers. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. 
I could be like, I, I might just change careers and be like a, you know, the tourism director. <laughs> you really sound like quite an advocate. Now, I've got to ask you, so you're living in Connecticut, but the work that you're doing um, is going to Hollywood, correct? Well, yes, uh, there is a new, well, Hallmark in particular, um, has they have offices in New York City and L.A., but the truth is most of what I do doesn't require me to be, to be in either place. Everything is sent digitally, and a lot of the movies are filmed in Canada, we do have a huge production company here, Synthetic Cinema. I'm, I'm friends with uh, those guys, and they are sort of the number one uh, production company for a lot of movies and a lot of Hallmark in Connecticut, and they're sort of the, the mayors of Connecticut production. So I did have one with them. It was my script and was shot in Connecticut in Putnam. It was called One Royal Holiday, and um, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite experiences because I was here, they're here. I felt like it was just a really special experience. It was it was right around when they started filming again after COVID. So it wasn't I wasn't able to be on set as much as I wanted to, but it was just great to be here and doing it. And How did you know that visually it was going to be the right place to go to? How did you know it was the right spot? Well, I what I do normally is I sort of it's almost like a general description of a Connecticut, you know, scene and then what ends up happening is um just depends on when the production would be and then you the companies have to figure out what's available that week or that you know during that time so it's not necessarily like if i wanted to uh, set a movie in farmington and i and i specified all these different places and they said okay we're going to make this movie but none of those places in farmington are available for shooting and so we're going to we'll still call it farmington but we're going to shoot somewhere else so it's a lot it's more just logistical um, so very, sometimes it, it has to be the place that you're talking about. Like they just had the movie, a Biltmore, a Biltmore Christmas. And it literally was about the Biltmore estate in, um, is it North Carolina, I think. So it ha- sometimes it has to be that place. But generally if, if I name, I, I have set two movies in Avon, Connecticut, and neither of them were filmed in Avon. I think both of them were filmed in Canada, as a matter of fact. Okay. But it still said Avon, but it's still it still had Avon on the signs and all these other things. So um, I always would love to shoot my movies here, but it's just never, it's just, it's just logistically doesn't always work out that way. What is it about Avon that inspired you to set those movies to take place in Avon, even if they weren't filmed there? Was it the people? Was it the buildings and the homes? Was it the the greenery? What was it about Avon that made you click? (laughs) Yeah, well, more, it's more just a shout out because it's my new town, you know. So I just feel like it's just fun for um, for my friends here. I try and use, I think I've gone through everybody. I try and use my friends' names in movies, and I just think it's fun for the town um, because I really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of of, um, of the town as well, and I just want, and I, I like people knowing that we're here and it's cute and there's lots of things to do, and I just, I just like giving it a shout out because it's my new home. Well, that that works. It fits. You know, you mentioned something earlier, Julie, that um, I jotted down and I wanted to bring it up at some point, and we're going to have to take a break here in a moment, so I figured now's a good time. You mentioned the word disappointment a few times. You know, you wrote up a screenplay, a, 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 you, you wrote something, a movie maybe, a pilot, whatever it was, and you thought that it was gold and the studio didn't want it or it wasn't the right time for it. How do you deal with rejection? Because that's the nature of the beast in Hollywood or any any kind of entertainment, really. 
Um, you that is probably the number one thing that can uh, make or break someone's career longevity is their ability to take criticism. Um, just because they don't want it now doesn't mean it's never going to get made. Um, I actually have not had that really happen with Hallmark, to be honest. I get notes and I get I get criticisms, but that's just stuff that I fix. Um, but in, in other ways, I've written many sitcom pilots. I've written a lot of stuff that just never went any farther than that. And sometimes you'll get even a bad review or, or you'll get a, a note from the executive basically saying, we, you know, this is not what we wanted. We need all this stuff to be changed. And then if you can't handle that, it's not going to, you're not going to last long because that's just the nature of the beast. Um, you have to have a very thick skin. And my advice to new writers working in this industry has always been don't argue their notes. Don't argue what they're asking you to do because if they're paying you, you just have to do it. That's your job. You're not, you know, you're not uh, trying to win awards with this. You're trying to pay your mortgage, right? So I say just take the notes, do the job, and you'll work for a long time. Earlier this week, you spoke at the University of Hartford talking about just what we are today. And I'm wondering, did you hear from students, you know, did they ask you for advice? Did they say, hey, you know, I, I, I have this idea. I don't know if it's any good or if anybody wants it. What did you hear from the kids? Well, a lot. A couple of the kids were asking me more about kind of the deadlines and sort of like the ma- managing uh, time <laughs> and, and getting things done. And you know, procrastinators. Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm. I'm kind of that way too. I, I sort of need. I sort of need a hard deadline to make myself do it, and that's why I do. I schedule myself so much because I need to have a. I need to have a goal and a date to to do it in. Um, what I did say, which I think might have been disappointing for some of the people there, but unfortunately the truth is I have so many projects in development and so many ideas and you know, for Hallmark that I generally am not allowed to even really listen to people's ideas or read their scripts because there is a strong chance that there's something in what they're telling me that I might either be developing or have written, and, and it gets a little messy sometimes. Um, so basically, legally, I just don't – I just – kind of have to steer clear of that just for my own I understand. safety. Sure. Know? I feel bad about it, but it's just, I've, been, I've seen it happen a few times to other writers, and it happened to me um, a little bit back when I was in L.A., so I just it's, it's unfortunate, but it's sort of the nature of, of, of the way it is, is that people, if, if someone tells me an idea and then they see anything even remotely like that on, on the screen, um, you know, people can be litigious, and I just I don't want to have to worry about it, so... Unfortunately, that's just how it goes. I did give advice on how to break in a little bit without, in a different way, which is to um, contact the people who are making the movies and see if you can pitch an idea to them, because that's just a kind of a different way of going about it. And it's less, um, it, it would lead to less problems legally. Do you find that they're open to ideas from people on the outside? You know, they must get so many ideas and so many pilot scripts. Well, I think an idea, here's the thing, an idea is not even copyrightable, and an idea is not, you, you can't even really own an idea, because, uh, and this is even with the Writers Guild, which is the, you know, the, uh, the union, um, an idea is a log line, but it's the execution of the idea that is the thing that you have ownership of. So um, you can't sue over an idea. And you can't really sell just a log line. Um, so when you reach out to a producer, let's say, 
um, you, you would want to have a fleshed out, you know, uh, idea. And then you are kind of taking a chance if you're a newcomer on them um, taking it, ripping you off, stealing it. I mean, that's just the, it, it's, I hate to say it. I, I don't know anybody personally that that works that way, but it does happen. You're taking a little bit of a chance. Um, but sometimes, you know, an idea that you flesh out, somebody, an assistant that wants to, that's up and coming, someone who works there who reads through all these emails, maybe they really spark to it and then they show their boss. That's kind of how I see it happening a little bit these days where it's somebody who really wants to try and make their mark. They want to make their own name, sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. That's sort of how it is. I mean, when I started, it was, there was not even really the internet the way it is. I mean, I faxed my resume all around town um, and I had a beeper in case somebody called. I mean, that's how, that's how long ago it was. So it's, it's just, it's a, such a different way of doing it now. And a lot of people break in just because of their writing that they do online. Um, but it's just, there's no one way to do it. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Our guest this week is Julie Sherman-Wolf, Hallmark screenwriter. We've got to take a break. I hate to do it, Julie, but we'll wrap things up in just a few minutes. WTIC News Talk 1080. This is WTIC in Hartford. Spotlight, Connecticut, where you heard about the North Canaan Accordion Museum. Literally. Spotlight, Connecticut, available as an Odyssey podcast, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. Spotlight, Connecticut, with Morgan Cunningham. <laughs> that museum, and I found out that actually some listeners after that show, they went up and checked out that accordion museum. Um, there are a few shows I did this year that stand out, and that's one of them. Julie Sherman Wolf is our guest this week. She's a Hallmark screenwriter. We're down to the wire here, Julie, and I've got a question that came in from a guy named Tyrone, which is such a cool name, and he wants to know, Julie, if you have any recommendations that you'd like to make for somebody new to Hallmark or they want to watch something new on Hallmark. Any ideas? Well, um, it's funny. There's a movie coming. That's a movie that came out this year that I did not write, but but people absolutely love. And it's a, written by a friend of mine, um, and it's called A Biltmore Christmas. And it's just a fantastic movie. That that's just one that I think people have really loved. Um, my one of my favorite movies that I've ever written uh, is Hanukkah on Rye. And I, I actually am Jewish, which is you know, which I I know sounds crazy, but um, you know uh, Jewish folks have written many beloved Christmas things in the like music and film. And um, I, I just love, I love Christmas as a, as a holiday, as a, as a, you know, cultural thing. And, and, and I finally got a chance to, I've written um, 10 Christmas movies and I finally got a chance last year to write a Hanukkah movie that aired last year, Hanukkah on Rye. And I'm really, really proud of it. I think it's just, I just think it's adorable. Um, this year, my movie was holiday hotline. I don't know if it's rerunning, but I think, um, you really can't, you know, for for new to Hallmark, um, uh, I think uh, I, I really don't know for this year. I mean, I think they're all, they they did such a wonderful job getting all these movies on the air, even with the strike. Um, I don't think there are any clunkers. I would say just pick pick the one that's airing on Saturday night. That's usually the prime time. Um, Saturday nights at eight. That's that's the prime slot. So I don't think you can go wrong with those. You've done how many? Twenty five. Um, I've, I've had 24 air, um, and I'm in kind of in the process of, of a few more somewhere like that. Yeah. Well, that's great. Now, how do you schedule this out? Do you have projects enough to keep you going for a few more years here? Uh, how, how do you kind of budget your time? I hope so. 
I really hope so. Well, I have um, like you know, things are just things are always in various phases. So I have some stuff that's just that in kind of the outline phase, and I have some things that are outline is done, and I'm waiting for them to send me to the teleplay, the screen, the screenplay itself phase. Um, and then there's just stuff that you know they like the idea, but there's no room for it till it gets pushed to 2024 or 2025. Um, I'm ha- you know. I'm happy for things to get pushed as far in the future as they want because then I'm still working and that's it's not it's not easy to continue to work for this long in this business and I'm very grateful for this work and um you know my goal is to continue to do it and and you know try and do it a different try and find original ways to tell these stories and ways people weren't expecting and try and think of new angles at Hallmark's really opened up to a lot of uh, more, a lot more diversity in in the casting and the storytelling and everything. Julie, I want to thank you so much for coming on Spotlight Connecticut this week. And I'd also like to thank our friends at the University of Hartford for introducing me to you and making this possible. One last time, how can people find you online? So Twitter would be at Shermwolf, S-H-E-R-M-W-O-L-F-E. And Instagram is Julie underscore Sherman underscore Wolf. And Wolf has an E on the end. All right, Julie. Thank you so much. Let's talk again, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. All right. Next week on Spotlight Connecticut, I will be here 2 o'clock on Saturday, December 23rd. It'll be our Just Before Christmas show. And I think that my friend Schaefer is going to be joining me. So we'll have a nice personal conversation about how we're getting ready for the holidays and the end of the year. Bye-bye, everybody. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.